0: Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time that we have together. Thank you, Lord, that we can come and study together this evening. Thank you, Lord, for seeing us safely through a new week uh, this past week. Thank you for your watch care over us, and thank you for the many blessings, Lord. And if we're struggling with seeing your goodness in this past week, I pray that you would jog our memory even now as we're studying, that not only will we remember of your goodness, but we'll also see your goodness through your word as well. So bless us tonight as we study together. Lord, please, may your presence be with us, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray and ask. Amen. Please turn with me in your Bibles. Let's follow along in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. We are studying the faith of Enoch today. Hebrews 11 verse 5 and 6, the Bible says this, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Look, we don't really know that much about the life of Enoch, okay? Not much detail is given about him even in the Old Testament in Genesis there. But there is one thing that stands out in this passage that we just read here in Hebrews chapter 11, and is that Enoch, he pleased God. Maybe that's not even a detail that you were familiar with before, but Enoch is famously known for being the man that walked straight into heaven. He never died. Let's turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 5, 23 and 24. Let's turn our Bibles there, shall we? Genesis chapter 5, 23 and 24. This is what the Bible says about Enoch. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Look, Enoch was the first one to walk straight into heaven. He was the first human being from our planet earth to walk right into heaven. And he pleased God. He loved God. He longed for God to come soon and take everybody home. He represents the group of people at the end of time that will go to heaven without ever seeing death. There are two people in the Bible that actually represent that. It's Enoch and also Elijah. But in First Thessalonians chapter 4, let's turn our Bibles there, shall we? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, there is this group of people that will see Jesus come with their own eyes. They themselves will not experience mortal death. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting in verse 15. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 15, the Bible says, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. But then verse 17, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Those which are alive and remain at the second coming of the Lord, those are the ones that are represented here in the life of Enoch this evening. So friends, look, what we want to do as we study the life of Enoch, and his faith, the faith of Enoch, really. We're going to go through some details here that we find in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5. Look, what is described of Enoch before God translated him? All we know is that he pleased God. That's the only detail that we're given. Yes, he lived by faith, and we'll look at that in a minute. But what does it mean to please God, because this is the detail that stands out about Enoch. Let's go to a few texts. Let's start in 1 Thessalonians. We're already there in chapter 4. Now, let's read verse 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 1. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. So if you want to abound more and more, what do you have to do? you got to please God. But what is put together with pleasing God here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1? It is what? Learning how we ought to walk. And look, walking is an action. It is an action. So pleasing God is connected with something we do it's an action okay so it's not just i love you god and we please him and that's it what are these actions that the bible talks about let's look at another verse that talks about pleasing god let's go to first john chapter 3 verse 22 first john chapter 3 and verse 22 let's turn our bibles there first john chapter 3 And verse 22, the Bible says, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. So what sort of actions do we connect this with in 1 John? It is what? Do His commandments. We keep His commandments. So friends, if we want to please God, we will be commandment keepers. Those are 10 commandments. There are 10 actions. Now look, before you think I'm talking about righteousness by works again, I've got to say this every time it comes up. Do you remember when Peter walked on water? We, we, we've we looked at this illustration before. What enabled Peter to walk on water? It was the Word of God. And the 10 commandments, before they were given in stone, they were spoken by God. And so really, the 10 commandments are 10 Promises, the very power to keep the Ten Commandments is found in the Ten Commandments. It's found in God's spoken word. And so if you put the Ten Commandments in your heart and mind, you will begin to keep the Ten Commandments. It was the very word of God that enables us to keep it. Romans chapter 8. Let's turn our Bibles there. Romans chapter 8 and verse 8. What does the Bible say here about pleasing God? Romans chapter 8 and verse 8. The Bible says this, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. If we are in the flesh. Now, surely it's not talking about our, our flesh, right? No, it's not talking about that, friends. When it talks about the flesh, let's allow the Bible to interpret what that flesh is. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21. What does it mean to be in the flesh? Because those that are in the flesh cannot please God. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 19. The Bible says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, Hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, seditions, uh, strife, seditions, heresies. This is a long list, isn't it? Verse 21, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God of God. Those that are in the flesh, they do the works of the flesh. So, can you understand whether you are in the flesh or not? Yes. All you have to do is look at your actions. If you are living in sin, if you are committing sin, you cannot please God, which really means it's opposite to keeping the commandments of God, because sin is a transgression of the law. And friends, if you have sin in your heart, you know what happens? It controls you. That's what Romans chapter 7 talks about. Sin dwells in you, and it causes you to do the things that you don't want to do, and it stops you from doing the things that you want to do. You see that? So it, many people are in bondage to sin. And so if you want to be set from, free from sin. All you have to do, friends, is run to Jesus. Confess your sins. Recognize that it is wrong. Run to Him. He will give you perfect freedom, and perfect rest in Jesus Christ. So if we are in the flesh, we will do those things that are opposite to the commandments of God. Let's continue. Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. What does it mean to please God, friends? It'll be different. There'll be an obvious manifest change. There'll be a difference in your life, your actions, how you live but galatians chapter 1 verse 10 what does it say for do i now please men or god or do i seek to please men for if i yet pleased men i should not be what the servant of christ so if you're the servant of christ you please god if you please men you can't be the servant of god and please god you see so these are two opposites Yes, one is you're living in the flesh. You are now, what, pleasing men or somewhat servant to men. What does that mean though? Romans chapter 6 and verse 22. Friends, what does it mean to be a servant of Christ? And then we'll see its opposite. Romans chapter 6 and verse 22. If we're a servant of Christ, we can please God Romans 6:22 the Bible says but now being made free from sin and become servants to God ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life friends if we are servants of God we are free from sin we have fruit that is evident that you can see on the tree of the Christian it's evident that they are are followers of Jesus. If it, it is evident that they are not living to please men, but they're living to please God. And we know what the fruits are. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, gentleness, all these good things. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And Jesus says what? We studied in Matthew, by their fruits you shall know them. So all we have to do is look at the, the the fruits of the Christian. All you have to do is look at your life. All you have to do is investigate and look at yourself in the mirror and you can know whether you are pleasing God or not. Do you see that? You can understand this minute, this moment, this evening, whether you are pleasing God or not. Are you living a righteous life or are you living in sin? Do you have obedience to the commandments of God? Are you servant of Christ? Do you have the fruit of the Spirit? High calling, yes, definitely high calling. And friends, it will be impossible to do it without Jesus Christ. Many people try. Oh, we have good intentions. We have good motives. We have good desires but they'll always fall infinitely short without the help of Jesus Christ. So friends, look, remember, if we want to please God, there's something that must be mingled with it. Let's turn our Bibles back to Hebrews chapter 11, because we've set a very high standard. What does it mean to please God? Obey His commandments, have victory over sin, right? Have the fruit of the Spirit. Have Jesus Christ abiding in your heart. But in Hebrews 11, look at what it says. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is what? It's impossible. We must mingle with faith. If we want to be righteous, it's impossible to be righteous by faith. Look, how, how impossible is impossible. It's impossible for a man to fly. And I'm not talking about sitting on an airplane. It's impossible to, for man to live one hour without breathing. You understand that? How impossible is impossible? Look, there's no way on this earth that we can do it. You've never ever seen it done. Many people try to keep God's Ten Commandments without faith and they fail miserably. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to keep the Ten Commandments. Without faith, it is impossible to have the fruit of the Spirit. It's impossible to have victory over sin. Without faith, it is impossible. And so really, wherein lies this power? It is found in faith. Do you understand that? faith. And what is the foundation text for all all, when we talk about faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Well, when you hear the Ten Commandments, in it, what you heard from the, the Ten Commandments is not just a command, but in that command itself is the strength, the energy, the power to be able to keep it without faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So, if we want to have victory over sin, if we want to live a life that pleases God, if we want to be able to keep the Ten Commandments, we must put the Ten Commandments in our heart. I challenge you all a few weeks ago, I don't know, I don't remember if it was last week or a few weeks ago, but I challenge you all to memorize the 10 commandments. Spend time in it. Put it in your heart and you will begin to keep the 10 commandments. You're struggling with any, you you look at the 10. Whatever one you're struggling with, memorize it. Do you understand that? And when you put the Word of God in your heart, it gives you the power, the strength to be able to put it in practice. Look, We are not keeping the Ten Commandments to make God happy. Do you understand that? He's not happy with us when we keep the Ten Commandments. That's, you know, we're not doing it because we're afraid of God and we're afraid of being destroyed. We do it because we love Him. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love God, you'll please Him. Right? So really, the motivation behind it is love. It's not, oh, I'm scared of being destroyed. I'm scared of this almighty God. No, friends, we will never, ever, ever keep the Ten Commandments perfectly. Being scared, being afraid. Fear only goes so far. It is love that takes us over the hump. It is love that will finally give us the victory. But friends, let's come back to Hebrews 11.6 it says there's something else. Yes, we see the faith. We see the believe. That's, that's that part there. But in verse 6, there is one little section there at the end that is really important as well. And it, yes, it links to faith. It says that He is a rewarder of them that do what? That diligently seek Him. Faith comes by hearing. But we must not just stop there. When you hear the Word of God, that's the beginning of the growth, growth of your faith. That's where the change begins to take place. But the rewarder of them that do what? Diligently seek Him. And the reward in this life is victory. Do you see that? The reward in this life that we can experience is victory. And God gives us the victory if we what? Diligently seek Him. You know what that word diligently seek means? It's just one Greek word diligently seek. That it means to crave, to investigate to search out. These are the the meanings that are taken from the concordance. When you look at that word, diligently seek, to crave, to investigate, to search out, and listen to this, to scrutinize. You're looking at it from all angles. You're investigating it. You're scrutinizing it, putting it under critical examination. Friends, when's the last time you scrutinized the Word of God? When's the last time you investigated the Word of God? When's the last time you searched out and craved? You can't live without it. You might eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but there's this food that you're just not satisfied with until you eat it. That's craving. When is the last time we've come to this point with the Scriptures? Is it any wonder that maybe some of us we're still struggling in our personal lives? because we haven't got to the point where we've investigated the Scriptures. You know, friends, I've told you and I've shared with you in this past few months, you know, I began to grow by listening to a lot of sermons. But when I began to listen to sermons, I wasn't listening to sermons while I was vacuuming, while I was washing the dishes. There was a certain point where, where I considered my personal devotions. I would sit down, I would listen to the sermon, and I would type it out or write it out. And then, of course, you know, sometimes I would be washing dishes or vacuuming or whatever, and I would also listen to sermons as well. That's what you call the icing on the cake. That's a bonus. But there was a time when I began to grow in faith. Yes, it comes by hearing, but I wasn't happy enough. I had to write it down. I had to search it out. I had to make sure that what I was listening to made sense. I understood it, and it was true. You have to go to the next level. If you really want to please God, if you really want to have victory over sin, if you really want to have substantial change and satisfaction and joy and peace in the Christian life, you can't be satisfied with just listening. That's the beginning. Faith comes by hearing. Yes, but that is the foundation upon which you must continue to build. Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What's righteous? Psalms 119, 172, my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness for all thy what? Oh, my sorry, my tongue shall speak of thy word for all thy commandments are righteousness. So, it means to seek His law. When's the last time you scrutinized the Ten Commandments? When's the last time you investigated the Ten Commandments? John 5.39 tells us to search the Scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 2.15 tells us to study, to show ourselves approved unto God. Friends, this evening I'm challenging you to take it to the next level. Maybe you've been going to church a lot and you've been listening to a lot of sermons. It's like baby food. You need that at the beginning. But if you don't start eating solid food that's substantial, you'll never grow. You might have see victories, small victories here and there at the beginning, but don't think that that's enough. You must continue to grow beyond what you have been feeding on before, meaning Your experience of last year has to be deeper today than it was than then. Your experience of today must be deeper than the experience of yesterday. The time that you're spending, the knowledge that you're gaining, the depth to which you are going, you must grow. You must increase. Let's turn our Bibles to Colossians. Colossians chapter 3 and look at this, Colossians chapter 3 and verses 1 and 2. What happens when you begin to search and to study the Scriptures? Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. See that word seek? It's like, seek ye first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6.33. So if you are risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Friends, when you begin to seek the word of God, your affections and desires begin to change. It might not change overnight. If you start dating someone for the first day, the first week, you might not change to like the things that they like. Maybe you never liked rock climbing before, but because they go rock climbing, you go and try it. And the first time you try it, ah, oh, you're sore. But just for the sake of spending time with this person, you go again. And the more times you go, the easier it gets, the less sore you get, the more you change. It's not going to happen in the first try. Maybe not, maybe it might not even happen the second or the third or the fourth. But when you make the effort, when you seek those things which are above, your affections begin to change. To what extent? Verse 5, Colossians chapter 3 verse 5, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Friends, what is that? that's the fruits. That's the outward change. That's the actions. Your life begins to line up more closely with the life of God. You don't need to have a PhD, a master's, or even a bachelor's in theology to search the scriptures. You know, I went to theology school and um I never studied Daniel and Revelation there. There was this person that had come to our church a few years before I went off to US to study at this theology school. And my mom and dad just decided to, it was actually my mom, she decided to buy all the videos of this person. And he had a Daniel Revelation series. And so when I got to theology school, I started with my morning devotion. I began to listen to the tape, the cassette tape on the Daniel Revelation. And I took notes. And guess what? I challenged the class and I passed. I never took Daniel Revelation at theology school. You don't need to go to theology school in order to search the Scriptures. All you need, number one, is a willing heart. Number two, is time. You got to make the time. Friends, when you begin to search the Scriptures, when you begin to seek God with all your heart, not only will you find Him, but you'll begin to change because you're putting The Word of God in your heart. Your faith begins to grow and expand and deepen. And then your thoughts, your affections, your purposes, your desires, your tastes, they all change from the inside all the way to the out. Job chapter 8 verse 5. Job chapter 8 verse 5. Let's turn our Bibles there. Job chapter 8, verse 5. What else is connected with seeking? Job chapter 8, verse 5. If thou wouldest seek unto God betimes, and make thy supplication to the Almighty. What else is connected to seeking God? Making supplication. Friends, that's called prayer. We got to mingle the word of God when we seek Him that when you see and come across something that goes against the grain of your life, you begin to say, God, help me to change. And then when you see something that just speaks to your heart and you never realized before, God, please write this in my heart that I don't forget. Then we got to begin to pray that God would walk with us like He walked with Enoch. Friends, we, we got to pray that we can have a deeper relationship with us, with Jesus. We are to pray that God would live in us. We got to pray that Jesus would talk to us and guide us. Have you ever prayed that before? Or are your prayers too preoccupied with me, myself, and I, and my life? But have you said, God, please give me a deeper understanding of your word? Or you've been satisfied with where you're at in your relationship with Jesus. Can it go to another level? I think it can. Enoch, after the age of 65, he began to walk with God and his life just deepened and deepened for three hundred years 300 years and only then god took him friends we can always go to another level we can always have a deeper relationship with jesus than you had the day before we can always pray more spend more time in his word saturate our mind more if you're having morning devotion then have morning and evening devotion if you're struggling with that it's okay you continue and pray god help me but if you're consistent with morning and evening devotion have it three times a day like daniel you know what i mean and if that's not enough and, and you want a deeper relationship with jesus then it's time to quit your job it's time to quit your schooling and say god i want to serve you full time you know my devotions when people ask me ben how do you do your devotional life i tell them it's different okay it's different. I study for a living. I spend the whole day studying the Word of God because I have to share this weekend. I had to study this out, even though I've written it before, but I wrote this last year. I had to study it, you know? And so you go deep to another level. You make sure you understand. You make sure that it makes sense. You make sure that it applies to your life so that you can speak to other people's hearts. And so I just read. I read, read, read. I read about eight to 10 chapters of the Bible a day and I just read. Read and read and you've got to spend more time. And so if you finish the Bible in a year and then finish it in, in nine months, if you finish in nine months then in seven months, just keep reading and saturate yourself with spiritual things and don't forget to spend time in the spirit of prophecy and the writings of Ellen White. Saturate yourself to the point where you say, you know what? I can't do it. I can't spend more time with God and work my job effectively, it's time to quit. You see that? But many of us, maybe, you don't get to that experience. We don't. You know, when I went to theology school, I never, ever, ever went there thinking I wanted to be a pastor. Even when I graduated, I didn't want to be a pastor. But I knew that I loved studying the Word of God. I really, really, really enjoyed my time in theology school. I had a wonderful time. And I knew that I wanted to be in full-time ministry, but I just didn't want to pastor. I just didn't. So, you know, you get to this point where you're so saturated with the Word of God that you can't think and dream of doing anything else. And it's not to say that, oh, this person never sins. Oh, friends, i got my secret sins. Trust me. We all struggle. But that's what we've got to make sure we take our experience consistently to a deeper level. Hebrews 11 verse 6 at the end there says, He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. That reward, friends, is a changed life. It's a peaceful life. It's a happy life. It's a life full of contentment. Friends, if the conditions are met, seeking God, He will give the reward. God, He wants to have a relationship with us today. Amos chapter 3 verse 3 says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? God, He is ready. He's done His part. He's just waiting for you to reach out to Him today. Genesis twenty-two chapter 5 verse 22 tells us, Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah, 300 years his walk was not just one day nor one week nor one year friends it was 300 years Enoch had a deep abiding trusting and loving relationship with God and it only grew deeper as each day passed God he wants the same for us today as well friends He wants us to talk with Him. He wants us to share our burdens with Him. He wants us to understand Him as well. He wants us to walk with Him. The Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu said, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Friends, we got to take the first step today. You got to put off the works of darkness. There's got to be some substantial change in your life if you're not used to walking with God if you're not used to reading the scriptures if you're not used to spending time with him there's got to be somewhere in your life where you're going to say okay i'm going to spend the time there this has to change this has to be removed this has to be put at another time if that's your gym if that's one meal if that's overtime work if it's your sleep there's got to be sacrifice somewhere if you're going to take the first step. And so this evening, friends, I'm challenging you to take the first step to Christ. What are you waiting for? He's waiting for you. And I hope that you'll be willing to set aside your schedule, to set aside your time, to be willing to change. And I'm not talking about change to be righteous. Change to make room for the Word of God. And you've got to figure out what that is. Some of you, it's your studies. Some of you, it's your work. Some of you, it's your family. Some of you, you're just too engrossed. And I'm not even talking about the, the bad things, but the good things in life. Maybe that even needs to change too. Do you see that? So we have to figure it out. God is a rewarder of them that diligently... Seek Him. Are you willing to diligently seek Him today? You've got to make that effort. And I hope that even today, it's a Sabbath. Blessed hours we are in. We have this privilege now to spend time with Christ. The times that you couldn't before, maybe now you're just crashing and burning. Maybe you're just tired and exhausted from the week. But friends, make the effort just like you do in work, in your studies. I got to do this before I sleep this evening. May God help us all. Jesus, He wants to walk with you today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I thank You so much that You love us so much in spite of who we are, in spite of what we've done. Lord, You still want to be with us. I pray, Father, that You would please draw close to each and every one of us. I pray that You would please Help us to see how madly in love you are with us. And Lord, I pray that we would make that effort today. Help us to set aside time. Help us to plan. Help us to look at our schedule. Help us to make appointments with you to keep it. Just so that we can understand how much you love us. Father, please. Help us to have a deeper experience today. Please walk with us and teach us what it means when Enoch walked with you. Give us that same experience today, Lord. We want to walk with Jesus, our Savior today. Fill us with your Spirit, Lord. Draw close to us. Speak to our hearts and Lord, give us a good night rest tonight as we retire for the evening. Help us to put you also last in our day as well.